Welcome to the Herbal Hour podcast. Herbalists rejoice and all lovers of plant medicine. We go so deep in this episode. It's one of my favorites by far. Uh, We talk about herbal energetics and how to apply those theories to choosing which herbs are best for healing. We talk about the future of plant medicine. Where is it going? Its ancient roots. We talk about the role of the vital force in healing and the self-healing of the body. We talk about plant spirits and how to build relationships with plants uh, from shamanic traditions. And we talk about this concept of green allopathy and how to get past it. Green allopathy is this idea of using herbs the same way you use pharmaceuticals, like you have this symptom, so you use that herb. We try to transcend that and talk about the deeper philosophy of how herbs can be used for healing. Welcome our guest, uh, it's Bryn Anderson. Hope you guys enjoy. We're live. All right. Uh, Welcome to the Herbal Hour. This week, we have on Bryn Anderson. She's been studying herbs for 20 years. She took um, online classes in herbalism. One of them was evolutionary herbalism. Um, She started the herbal uh, company Vital Force Herbs. And right now, she does many things, but one of the things she does is she's a preschool teacher, which is awesome. And she is an herbal medicine maker. So uh, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I yeah, we've already uh, we've already gotten much conversation about <laughs> herbs and and geeked out, and I hope that we will continue to do so. Yeah, definitely. So, how did you get on the path of herbalism? Um, so I would have to say that started, which I don't think is uncommon to many herbalists, but. Uh, in childhood, spending a lot of time outside with uh, sticks and buckets and mm. rocks and plants and making potions and medicines. Um, spent a lot of time doing that. And that was my very first, you know, it's just funny. I've heard other people tell that story. I'm like, hey, I did that too. And hey, I did that too. So I think it's, you know, the pl- the plants calling you at a young age, like, hey, come over here. You're, you're going to be with us. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that would say I would say that would might be my earliest beginning, and then just uh, watching my mother and my grandmothers and their gardens, and they didn't have herb gardens; they were more, you know, rose gardens or vegetable gardens. But they still used, you know, they had culinary herbs. They're like, oh yeah, let's go get some chives for the eggs, mm-hmm. or um, you know, thyme for the soup or whatever. So it was always known to me that that you know that herbs had a place in the kitchen and for health and, and different things. Um, so that was kind of very early beginning. And then starting in high school, someone gave me the Rodale's, uh, what was it called? The Rodale's Guide to Herbs or mm. Herb Encyclopedia or something. And I just was like gone for months in that book. <laughs> so I was like mm-hmm. reading every herb, coming up with, I'm going to name my daughter Rosemary and Sage or, you know, just um, really excited about it right away. So um, I started switching out, no, mom, I don't need ibuprofen. I'm going to have some chamomile tea or, you know, just kind of doing different things. Um, and then the very first natural food store opened up in my town. And so then I was like, oh, what's this thing in this bottle? This is a tincture. What's a tincture? And, you know, so I just, that kind of happened. Um, and this was all in uh, Utah where I grew up in the mountains. Um, and then I moved to Eugene, uh, in 1995, which was quite a hotbed of herbalism, I would say at that time, just kind of, um, in the culture there, lots of local food and plants and, um, and small schools and things. So I immediately met friends right away that were like, Hey, have you ever heard of a salve? Let's make a salve together. Let's go wildcrafting. So, um, so, you know, continued on. And then years later I had my own children. Um, and, that's when it kind of that first turn of seriousness, I guess, where it came, where I'd really been learning a lot on my own, practicing, making my own medicines. And then it was like a choice. Like, am I going to raise my kids with herbs and with Mm. natural medicines and with um, good food? Or am I going to, you know, take the route that I grew up on and, you know, and, uh, and no judgment, but just, you know, what am I going to do? So I, uh, but I, and I really wanted to do it. Um, my family, um, many of them being in the medical profession were not very confident that that was a great idea. Mm. So it kind of really, um, it just pushed me to really know my stuff. Like if I'm not going to do this, if I'm not going to use this pharmaceutical or, you know, 
if I'm going to let my child have a fever and not immediately give them the Tylenol, then I, I'm going to show my family that I know what I'm doing. I'm not just like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not being negligent being or educated. I'm not going to put my child in danger. I'm not going to. So it really pushed me to be serious about it. And But yeah. still in a hobby sense. I mean, I still wasn't, I hadn't gone to school. It was all self-study, but really a lot of self-study. Um, and then through teaching preschool, I started getting more into it. I started gardening with the kids and, um, you know, teaching them how to make a salve and a tincture and, you know, just basic things. And um, then started doing a backyard medicine camp where we would go and uh, kind of do a different thing every day. We'd collect herbs for tea and make our own tea blends and, you know, make a certain kind of salve or a liniment um, through the week. And I got a lot of good response from that. It was really great and started helping out a lot of preschool families with their questions about, you know, my child has a bruise and somebody said I should use Arnica. What's Arnica? What do I do? And, you know, so I would start helping them with that. Um, just giving them the knowledge that I had been, you know, delving into for so long. And then a few years ago, I just decided that it was time to, to be, to just put it more into a profession. Why not? I'd been studying, mm -hmm. you know, really my whole life, really, I guess, studying since I was probably 15. And so um, that's when I enrolled in the School of Evolutionary Herbalism. Shout out to you guys, amazing people. Mm -hmm. um, and in Rosemary Gladstar's, another amazing herbalist human, um, in her Science and Art of Herbalism, I signed up for a, a internship at the herb shop over on Mississippi. Amazing folks there as well. Uh, and just started really going into like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to take this? Um, and our, my family and I, we frequent music festivals every summer. And that was something going to music festivals, seeing that there was uh, a lack of availability of natural medicine there. Um, and that it just seemed like the perfect, there's like tapestries and clothes and candles and all these things. I'm like, where's the herbs? Where's the salves? Where's the, you know, all these people have they had sun. certain kind of herbs, but maybe an over. Yeah. Yeah. On exactly. Not, you know, herbs. yeah. There's only so many things that <laughs> so it's just like, things. Oh, what about your sunburn? And you're, you know, you stayed up all night or whatever. So, um, so that's kind of when, and it's definitely a family thing. Like my whole family has been involved in, you know, we all, my, my daughters especially help grow everything, help me harvest and process. Um, my sons and my partner have been huge in, um, in uh, graphic design for the labels and for advertising and helping to set up the, you know, just all, all that kind of angle of things and putting on the labels. Like one of my kids sat for hours, like putting on lip balm labels forever. You know? mm -hmm. So anyway, it's been a really amazing, fun thing to do as a family. Um, but that was kind of our first thing was, okay, we're going to go to this festival and be a fully stocked apothecary, mm -hmm. um, which was a really fun way to just jump into it and have a full line. So I came up with um, 11 different formulas, which as we talked about before, I just, I tried to make them very gentle, very general, um, something I could give to anyone not knowing their background, not knowing their personal situation or energetics or anything. Um, but something I believed would help them from whatever state they were in and not harm them. Um, yeah. Um, the ones you brought here and the one you gifted me, um, yeah. for the liver, these are honestly very well formulated, um, uh, tinctures, which are basically herbal extracts. Yeah, and what you. I said definitely stands that um, you can tell the difference when somebody who's actually an herbalist formulates a formula mm -hmm. versus somebody who, you know, just like, like I was joking before, they read like a section out of an herb book and they just threw every herb <laughs> that does herbs, that in there. Yeah. They're like, oh, anti-inflammatory herbs? All right, throw them all in. Yeah. That's, that's that's the uh, the medicine. Right. But I think it goes way deeper than that. And it's something Absolutely. I definitely want to dive into kind of the deeper theories of traditional herbalism yeah, for sure. and things like that. It's actually, yeah. um, it's interesting. I have a kind of similar start in mm -hmm. herbalism. Um, so I was born in Ukraine and my parents were also born in Ukraine. Okay. Um, and in Ukraine, they were both doctors. The interesting thing is that in that medical system, herbs are not really thought of as separate from, you mm -hmm. know, like, Tylenol and things, things like that. They're, they go hand in hand. So it's like, you have a fever, here's chamomile. Oh, you have a tummy ache. Here's, here's this plant. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, like you have a wound, like use some of this. Uh, there was some formula used that, that I believe was made from some herb that was like really green and it would like stain your skin green. Okay. Um, 
but anyway, so from a young age, this stuff was just kind of part of my everyday life, like, you know, teas and using different things like that. And I didn't really even think of much of it. Like, in fact, um, this might be blasphemy to say, but I didn't really like chamomile <laughs> when I was younger. <laughs> um, okay. And I, you know, my parents would always kind of be like, no, 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 bitter drink brew this. Then. <laughs> yeah, it was a really strong chamomile. Yeah. Um, uh, since then, I've grown to, you know, love herbs. But I think just being exposed to it from an early uh, age is like not something different, but just part of like everyday life was definitely what led me when I did kind of stumble upon it again um, to be like, oh, wow, like and be very inspired about it right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I first wanted to go to naturopathic school, uh, both my parents being doctors, my dad's a general surgeon. He practices in New York. OK, um, so at first they were like really against me doing naturopathic medicine for mm-hmm. like really obvious reasons. Um, you know, not as much job security. It'd be difficult to find a job. Um, I know that all that will be fine now because uh-huh. I kind of found my place in it. Yeah, um, definitely. But it was the argument was never, oh, herbal medicine doesn't work or something like that because that's just like within the culture. Right. You don't you grew up like uh, conventional doctors there use herbs mm-hmm. still to this day as part of their main practice. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's interesting how people uh, stumble onto herbalism. I think. The stories are different, but they're all very similar. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this company you started, it's called Vital Force Herbs. Mm-hmm. So naturally, <laughs> let's talk about the Vital Force. Let's talk about the Vital Force. What is it? What does the Vital Force mean to you? And how does it relate actually to herbs? Yeah. Um, the Vital Force to me, I mean, I would say in a general sense, the definition, you know, I mean, there's varying definitions, but um, that it is that that vital essence, that energy or spirit that moves through a being and animates it and gives you your own special spark, your own, you know, it's, it's a direct link to your soul and to the part of that, you know, that goes beyond the body. Um, the vital force I think is where all healing stems from Mm. in your body. So, you might have a cut and put on a bandaid, you might have a cough and you might take you know, whatever, NyQuil, or you might take a tincture, but whatever's happening, you're, whatever's not, not band-aiding that cough, but whatever is, is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, undoing that cough, I guess, from the deepest level is your mm. vital force. That, And that's my little tagline is heal yourself. Mm. And I think that that's, really something that we aren't taught in this culture and something that, you know, we have that a very pretty strict setup that, Mm -hmm. you know, the doctor knows best and the, you know, leave yourself to a professional. Mm. And, and that's, that can be very useful when you have situations and there's definitely emergencies and all kinds of crazy stuff that, you know, Western medicine has, um, has, has done really cool things, but, I think that there has been this disconnect between you have everything you need inside of you to heal yourself. Mm. You really do. And there are plants and the, the wisdom of the plants or the homeopathics or whatever it is that, you know, even vibrational medicine, flower essences, acupuncture, all, all that is tapping into that um, force that's inside of you. Just tweaking it a little bit, helping it a little, unsticking it, you know, helping you move through things mm-hmm. um, in order to say, hey you know, that backache can leave now because I've worked through whatever I need mm. to work. So a lot of it's that psycho-spiritual mm. stuff that that physical ailments come as like the last layer and then you kind of have to undo it. And um, anyway, the, that right. healing in, from within. Um, so In naturopathy, mm-hmm. uh, the vital force is really one of the key ideas that kind of led to the foundation and how uh, naturopathic medicine is different than mm-hmm. other uh, forms of healing. Uh, I think pretty much most traditional medicines like Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, they all have like another word for the vital force, whether they call it, you know, chi or the doshas, which are like the energies. Mm -hmm, The Um, the idea I think is really simple, but it's, it's something that being that we got brought up in a very conventional culture, Mm -hmm. we're conditioned to think of things in a certain way of like, you know, you have a fever, you take this thing to get rid of the fever. Right. And thinking of like medicines and even of herbs as actually healing you. Mm-hmm. But what the vital force idea is, at least to me, is it is like a wide embracing term that explains 
all of the mysterious ways that the body heals itself. Absolutely. And, yes. you know, there's you. probably spiritual components to it. There's physiological components that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. But it's everything that leads to healing. So, for example, if you have some kind of infection, we think of, you know, antibiotics uh, cure you of the infection. But it's right. not actually true even from a scientific point of view. What actually happens is that the antibiotics kill off enough bacteria, mm-hmm. uh, for example, that your body is able to overcome it with the immune response that it's already having. If you have no immune system, it doesn't matter how many antibiotics you have because if a few remain, they'll just multiply again. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, bacteria are also alive and they're evolving. (laughs) And then there's, you know, antibiotic resistance, which is a big problem. Right. And all of those issues, I think, come from this idea of, you know, there's a disease and here's the medicine for the disease. Right. But what the vital force, I think, means and how it applies to herbalism is that herbs and medicines we're trying to stimulate the healing force of the body exactly. it could just as well be called yeah. the healing force yeah um, absolutely. vital obviously it relates to life or vitality mm-hmm. now it's very like it's very popular these days to say that vi- like the vital force has been disproven and everything but uh-huh. um i don't think you can really say that given how f- mysterious everything is and we might you know be laughing in a hundred years that we really thought you know uh, anatomy and physiology was the only thing and biochemistry was the only thing controlling right. how the body works. And you have to take a class called the vital force. Right. It's like, you got to learn that first again, but may- maybe, um, yeah, no, I so agree with you. And that's, yeah. And, and, and I guess something that speaks to me about it is it is across all traditions, whether you call it chi in Chinese medicine or, you know, the, the, um, the energetic channels in, uh, Meridians. Ayurvedic, well, yeah, the meridians, yeah. and then I was just thinking of the, I'm going to say the names wrong, but in Ayurvedic medicine, um, there's the two channels that go up and down, and uh-huh. then the central channel um, of energy. Um, but just in all, uh, so many, I mean, pretty much every system of medicine that I've ever studied or heard of, that there is that core vital force, given, you know, whatever the name is. I think it's crucial yeah. to, to understand that, and these are all really just words. And in Mm -hmm. fact, it's really difficult to even speak about it because it's such a nebulous thing. But Mm -hmm. the basis of it is really simple. Your body is always trying to heal itself, always trying to bring itself into homeostasis, always trying to grow and, and develop. And from like a health perspective, what that means is what aspects are actually preventing that. Mm -hmm. So like thinking of health in terms of the body should be healthy. Why is it not? Mm-hmm. Instead of like, I want to make the body healthy by giving it this, uh, which just doesn't really work as we see with uh, suppression of symptoms. With, right. You know, you have a cough, you take an anti-cough. You have a fever, you take an anti-fever. Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, it gets rid of the thing that was bothering you, but it doesn't necessarily fix the reason you had the cough. It doesn't fix the reason why you had the fever. Right. And fever is obviously a useful response to the body to overcome infection. Yeah. And, you know, cough is a useful way for your body to cough out Expel pathogens it. and get yeah, rid of. And so is that all just completely wrong? I mean, it's interesting, though, because the body is so, so great at what it does that in spite of you doing your best to suppress it, it'll still will clear the thing. Yeah. It'll find another way. I mean, there's uh, all these theories within traditional naturopathy that suppression of symptoms over long term leads to chronic disease. Well, yeah, like it kind of pushes it It deeper deeper. and deeper and deeper. So every time you suppress that cough, that, you know, mucus was supposed to come out. Now you got more and more mucus buildup. And Mm -hmm. over time you get these weird chronic conditions and no one really understands what, and it could be partially because, you know, you didn't just have like a really nice fever to just burn it all out. <laughs> exactly. Cause... Well, I was going to say, yeah, I think that when you basically when you shut down the vital force and say, you know, no, you don't know why you're, you don't know what you're doing. You're having a fever. That's wrong. That's not that's bad for you. You need to do this instead. You, you shut off the body's intelligence. I mean, the body's intelligent. It's there's something in there that needs to be burned out. Bacteria doesn't survive at 104 degrees. You know, we're going to get rid of it or and, you know, all the other things that go along with a fever. Um, but then it finds a different pathway and then it right. goes deeper. And that's why, you know, so many skin conditions are based in the liver and in digestion. It's like right. the liver's congested, the liver's stuck, it can't get out. Like, well, I got to find another pathway. And so then it's like, oh, wow, where'd this rash come from? Um, you know, there's so many examples of how it's going to just keep moving through. And then mm-hmm. suddenly you're like, oh, I have whatever chronic mm-hmm. condition or autoimmune condition that, um, yeah. But your body will keep mm-hmm. trying, I think. <laughs> 
until until it can't anymore. I oh, yeah, until you're dead. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know. This is uh, the perfect place to segue okay. into <laughs> green allopathy. Oh yeah. And what that means, right? Yeah. Because so my understanding of green allopathy is basically practicing the way conventional medicine is practiced, but instead you just have herbs. Right. So like somebody has a fever, you just give them an anti-fever herb. Mm-hmm. Somebody has a cough, you just give them an anti-cough herb. Right. But as we're kind of pointing out, that might not really be the best uh, best way to do it mm-hmm. because obviously um, those responses are good. So it's really like a, f- a philosophical understanding that's missing, that herbs so. aren't necessarily better for you than pharmaceuticals. It's they're probably safer in <laughs> 999999 yeah. out of you know 10,000 cases but yeah um but if you use them in a certain way you can still suppress the body with herbs or you can still not actually help it heal absolutely so what's your uh, understanding of what you know green uh, allopathy is yeah well um yeah i uh i was thinking about what you said and then i went off somewhere else mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um Yes, I think that when you, you, whether you use an herb or like a headache, for example, like Mm -hmm. your body's having a headache for a reason. It's trying to tell you something. Mm -hmm. And so if you mask that symptom with whatever, like I was saying about the cough earlier, like you have a cough for a reason, your body's trying to expel something and you're telling it not to expel something that that's just going to mask it. That's not going to get to the root of your issue. And Mm -hmm. then you're going to end up with another issue down the road. And I think... It's interesting because I think that herbalism in some ways has, if you look at the oldest traditions, they seem to mostly be vitalist. They Mm -hmm. seem to be working with the body. They seem to be born out of observation of the body Mm -hmm. and of nature and of what animals do and of how plants, you know, respond and all those different things. And I think um, a lot of what's happening now is herbalism wanting to gain a foothold in the conventional Mm -hmm. medicine world of like, okay, but you could take turmeric instead of Advil and it's so much safer and it's so much thing. And so, but it's, you know, it's missing. It's yeah. But, but then they're like, Oh, but it's natural, but it's safe, but it's, you know, these things. And, and, you know, it's kind of, I used to think that, you know, herbs were always safe, except for, you know, maybe there, of course, there's some like pokeberry, you don't want to take a bunch of that, or, you know, (laughs) there's something, you don't want to take a bunch of comfrey internally. Um, But for the most part, it's like, okay, I'm going to be fine if I, you know, take a bunch of this, and even if it doesn't work, whatever. Um, But really, I've learned through energetics how that's not really true, like turmeric we were talking about, you know, if you put a bunch of hot, dry turmeric in a hot, dry person, um, who's maybe Pitta in the Ayurveda constitution mm-hmm. or who's, you know, has whatever conditions kind of meet with that and you're giving them turmeric every day for weeks and weeks and weeks and or arthritis. They have a hot, dry arthritis and you're giving them that and then, you know, it, it like, I feel worse. And that was a real kind yeah. of eye-opening thing to me as I was learning that um, in some of my schooling that, like, we actually can harm with herbs. Maybe not as detrimentally as some pharmaceuticals. Maybe you won't burn a hole in your stomach or cause, you know, whatever crazy side effects, but you can still exacerbate the condition and you're not getting to the root of the issue. Mm. And so really it's about finding, it's following the vital force, following Mm. the path. Why do you have a fever? Why do you have a cough? Mm. Why do you wake up at three o'clock in the morning? Why are you always sad on Thursday? Like Mm -hmm. what, what's the root of this? When Mm. did it start? Why did it start? What Mm -hmm. makes it worse? What makes it better? Who are you? Like, are you all, oh, you're always cold. Oh, you're, you know, you have, you've always had issues with leg circulation, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things. Oh, you're the last of 12 children or whatever. You know, it's It's like all of that is important. And Mm -hmm. all of that comes into play into why you have headaches Mm -hmm. and taking willow bark every day or taking, Mm. you know, ibuprofen every day. Doesn't ever. What does it really do for yeah, you? I mean, it gets you rid know? of the headache. Yeah, you can um, function, but are you vital? Are you are you living in vitality? I guess is what right. I mean. Um, if you're just masking that symptom, right? I think that's why a lot of the earlier traditions of herbalism, uh, even in like the 1900s, they were very focused on uh, kind of helping along the body of what it naturally does. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you got sick, they would give you like a purgative herb, which like would make you throw up right. and make you clear your body of that. Or if you, um, there's this tradition of actually using 
like heating herbs when somebody mm-hmm. has like a like a lower fever to actually raise the fever up. Right, it's that so like to help the body like, do um, the thing that it's trying to do. Mm-hmm, sympathetic already. or um, things. Uh, Certain herbs that are more like of damp quality, increasing mucus secretions. Mm-hmm. So when somebody's sick, that could actually be helpful, right? To like yeah, clear to what's happening. So, mm-hmm. um, and the interesting thing is that this is all really theoretical. Like, there's also another tradition of herbalism that just is like, eh, that's also theoretical. Who, what can you do with it? Mm-hmm. That they're really like more. This herb is specific for this constellation of symptoms. Mm-hmm. That's kind of. Um, a lot of uh, eclectics. I don't yeah. know if you heard mm-hmm. of the eclectic yeah, definitely. physicians. Uh-huh. They're yeah. very bi- big on like these incredibly detailed descriptions of, you know, if a person has this, that, this, that, and this, uh-huh. this is the herb for it. Right. We don't know why. We don't know how. It's just, that's just the way it is. It's like the more, they call it like the empirical method, which is mm-hmm. like, this herb just works for that thing, whatever it is. Like, we're not even going to name it. It's just that combination of symptoms, this yeah. herb is for, or things like that. Right. And there was the 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 tradition of the like the even through energetics the like hot in the fourth degree or hot in oh, the yeah, first yeah, yeah. degree and mm-hmm. then matching symptoms. With uh, I think that that's kind of, is that, that or Galenic? Yeah, that's I think a that Galenic medicine yeah. and uh-huh. kind of like Greek medicine. Mm-hmm. I actually looked into that. It's really interesting. It is that's really even like a deeper level of understanding of like the qualities of like hot, dry cold and damp that something could be like a little bit hot something could be like pretty hot something could be so hot that it like literally burns your skin and like burns everything out and yeah which um, is like cinnamon versus ginger versus turmeric versus you know horseradish or versus like uh garlic tincture right (laughs) (laughs) or cinnamon tincture which is just yeah just burn you if if it touches your skin (laughs) definitely um um so what's your um What's your understanding of the more traditional energetics system? I know we were kind of talking about the system that Matthew Wood has done a lot of work and right. kind of bringing forward, uh, which kind of uses a lot of things that we know now from research, but also looks back at you know Greek medicine and the way that they used to look at herbs as having certain like energetic qualities that you would right. like look at the person and they would be exhibiting this and that symptom. So that means like, you know, their condition is cold and damp like a cold with like mm-hmm. a like mucus congestion exactly, or something. Exactly, Very like intuitive understanding mm-hmm. of that. And like you use like a hot, dry herb, like um, using uh, contrary herbs. Right. And then there's nutrition home. So there's like antipathetic medicine yeah. and sympathetic medicine. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I guess a lot of my understanding does come from a lot of what Matthew Wood has brought to the mm-hmm. table and that through you know, in the, the schooling that I took through evolutionary herbalism, I really loved, um, I think what really is helpful is looking at so many different frameworks because you like you said, you can reach, you can reach a destination from many different pathways. So laying on top an energetic framework, laying on top, you know, many different traditions, you can kind of really follow various things and, and, you know, kind of figure out what what works best for you and what makes the most sense. Um, so I like looking at. It's been really helpful and really eye opening to look at the temperature, the tone, um, and what's the other one that I'm totally forgetting the now that I'm or um, the uh, the organ system. Um, no, yes, I mean definitely looking at organ systems, but like looking at something as hot or dry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so wait, there we go. Temperature. And then, uh, why can't I think of the title? Anyways, hot and dry, wet and cold, you know, like damp relaxation Mm -hmm. would be one that just to say. Mm -hmm. So damp relaxation would be like where the tone of the tissues, so the tissue states, I guess is what I'm, what I'm roundabout saying. Um, looking at how like say, um, uh, like varicose veins would be Mm -hmm. a damp relaxation issue where Mm -hmm. the, the, um, veins have relaxed in such a state that then like the fluids are leaking out. It's not holding tone. So, and, and that was really, you know, the first time I learned that I was like, Oh my gosh, that changes everything that Mm -hmm. changes. Now there's 55 different kinds of coughs all of a sudden there's, you know, all these, like any, any situation that your body's having could be for 
all these different reasons, all these different, um, have all these different remedies and all these different root causes based on what's the tone. Is the tone over tight? Are you like rigid or Mm -hmm. are you like damp and loose? And Mm -hmm. is everything hot and dry or is it wet and cold? Is it, you know, so just looking at those axes of um, energetics really was eye-opening to me. It really brings a lot of uh, depth to it. Yeah, it does. Um, And helps with your formulation so much to be able to, you know, like if you give, you know, someone a cough who has a really dry, harsh cough and you give them a remedy that's cold and dry, which most herbs are drying. So, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, why is your cough getting better? It's Mm -hmm. the same thing. It's more of that allopathic Mm -hmm. medicine, I guess. I feel like you really Mm -hmm. do have to dive into the individual energetics of the person. Yeah. And I, I think for anybody who is really interested in herbs and wants to learn more. Looking into Matthew Wood's works, mm-hmm. like the Earthwise Herbal, um, and there's a lot of other great books where he kind of goes into the system. What I understand from it in terms of like, how do you choose an herb for yourself or someone else? Mm-hmm. There's three basic parts to it. Um, the first is what's the the energetics of the herb and what's the energetics of the person? Yes. So that's like the cold, damp, dry, um, hot, yeah. And <laughs> I know, I'm like, a, a blank, I, I usually start with that one. Totally so hot, cold, my, my dry, and damp, and they're kind me. of opposites. Uh-huh. And then there's also the relaxation and the tension mm-hmm. states. Yes. And they're all relating wind tension, to... Wind tension, yeah. Observable states of the body. So that's mm-hmm. the, the energetic. So like something that's... Um, a state that's hot is usually inflammation, irritation, mm-hmm. pain... Uh, literally heat, like anything yeah. with inflammation, swelling, anything related to that is usually like a hot state. Right. Cold is, you know, just the opposite. Cold tissues, everything's kind of constricted, mm-hmm. um, slow, sluggish, sedate. Hot is kind of stimulated. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, dry is like atrophy or like degradation of tissue, yes. consolidation. And then damp is uh, like a moistening of tissue. So like mm-hmm. secretions, mucus, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So you understand all the kind of symptoms in terms of that. Then there's obviously the constriction and relaxation states, which is like kind of relates to muscle tone. Yeah. And, the and tone tissues. is what we call it. Yeah, um, so that's like one layer. So like the approach is to use opposites. Mm-hmm. So if somebody has like the example I always love to use is somebody has a cold, mm-hmm. like we even call it a cold, right? Right. Why do we call it a cold? <laughs> Does it only come from the cold? Uh, no, obviously not. But a cold is like in most cases a really good, um, example of a condition that's cold and damp mm-hmm. and being in the you know pacific northwest area that's like the environment that we have in the winter so we're yeah. just getting hit by cold and damp from the environment so much that it you know hits our uh, system off of balance mm-hmm. so from the from this perspective of energetics so if somebody has a cold and damp uh cold you want to give them a hot and dry herb because they're opposites like hot is opposite of cold right uh dry is opposite to damp so something like like ginger is really good. Uh, garlic, it has a little bit of dampness to it, but um, garlic is like really hot. So like burns out everything. Yeah, um, so those are the, it makes sense why those are chosen. Then the two uh, deeper layers, um, one of them is organ specificity. Mm-hmm. So that's important because yeah, some herbs for systems. some mystery of nature, some herbs just seem to work more in certain organs than mm-hmm. others. Like have affinities. Yeah, yeah like... Like the liver tincture you have here that has like dandelion, burdock. Um, those are like specific for the liver. And mm-hmm. so is milk thistle and things like that. They're like specific for the liver. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can choose herbs based on the specificity of the organ. And then there's just like the specific symptoms. Like mm-hmm. some herbs just have, um, they have some like ability to do some particular thing for who knows why. Like passion flower, it's, you know, they always say it's, uh, indicator for people who uh, can't sleep because they have too much, too many thoughts and too much mental overactivity. Right, specific, so that's like a specific mm-hmm, symptom, like a picture. That, so the way yeah. I view that is like if you view yourself as like those three different things, mm-hmm. you kind of like put together like a, I guess like a triquetra, right? Kind of like yeah, a Venn diagram, like a but with three. And like, where yeah. does it all meet? Like which energetic and spe- specific and organ system? And then mm-hmm. that's how you narrow down to like one or two herbs. And I think that is like the start of actually going deep and actually having really like miraculous cures with herbs of like finding exactly what the right Mm -hmm. thing is. And 
it also goes to say that there's not like necessarily, at least I don't believe that there's like one right herb. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of approaches because back to the vital force thing, it's like herbs like move around your energies in some way. So it's like you can move around that energy in that same way with another herb or another formulation. Um, And that's why herbalism is so difficult. (laughs) Definitely. Well, and also it's like you can go down a rabbit hole of there's also heat from cold. Like someone's been cold for so long that their vital force has tried. And then it's, Mm. you know, overheated itself. Or you could have someone with a hot condition. But and this is where I really love um, what I've learned so far about Ayurveda and all of that, the doshas and those situations um, is that there's. Your core, you know, your core dosha of being maybe a hot and dry person, and then you might have a cold, damp, cold or whatever. So also trying to match, like you're trying to match the herb to the symptom and you're trying to match the herb to the to the person. You want to, you know, if somebody's cold and damp and you want um, to warm them up and dry them out. But if they're, say, the Vata constitution, who's already cold and dry constitutionally, mm. you don't want to over dry them out or, you know, like you. So right, it's, you it's really interesting, like, OK, we're going to get right. the symptom, but I also need to keep in mind who you are on an everyday basis right. <laughs> and make sure that I don't throw you out of whack trying to fix, yeah. you know, or what not fix, but you don't. It makes me think of something word, but, you, yeah. uh, you said previously is making sure. me giggle where you're like <laughs> the way we look at plants, mm-hmm. like what use do you have? Yeah. And like uh, you were saying that somebody was making the point for like humans of thinking about humans in terms of like what use do you have for me? Yeah, Of definitely. like viewing it in terms of that. It just made me think like just the same way that a plant has like a constitution that we kind of get by ingesting it. Mm-hmm. We have like natural constitutions and natural weaknesses in certain organ systems and everybody – kind of when they have a cold, they have these particular symptoms that other people don't have. Like mm-hmm. like some people, mm-hmm. when they get a cold or flu, they always get a headache. Like that has never happened to me. Right. Um, but some people, every time it happens. So like the, there's no such thing as like a cold to be treated directly. It's more like what is the manifestation of it in, uh, that, in, person in that person and what caused it for that person. So that's the, just the rabbit hole. Which you that's just keep the rabbit hole. You can go really into alchemy with that and yeah. looking like the salt, mercury, sulfur. Like yeah. there's the physical thing called the cold. And then yeah. there's the mercurial aspect, which is, you know, these general set of symptoms. But then there's the sulfur of like your individual manifestation mm, of that. Or you could do that with an herb. You could do that with, a, you know, so many different things where you can. Yeah, there's a lot of rabbit holes. What do you think is like the next, <laughs> a lot of the holes. next step of herbalism? Because... Right now, the the tendency has been kind of going back into the past traditions and mm-hmm. pulling up a lot of the things that we kind of left aside when we went more to pharmaceuticals and right. kind of reviving that. But once that's done sufficiently and we kind of get a full understanding of everything, you know, people before us have understood, what's the next? Where do you think herbalism is going, like, yeah. in terms of um, helping people heal? Right. Well, it's got a bit of a road, I would say, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> Well, yeah, as long um, as the FDA is on And <laughs> on that road is really, I mean, I think it's going to come down to people's relationships with plants, like mm. we were talking about. You know, what are you good for? Or um, what do you do? What does is, what is Echinacea do? What does Calendula do? Well, what what do you do? Well, I, I you know, I ride <laughs> a bike. I teach. I, you know, whatever. Um, I'm a parent. I, um you know, it's it's going to come down to people really connecting with that plants mm. are sentient beings and plants. Um, something really important, I feel like that I've been delving into is that the plants holds the signature of every plant that has been of that species for time. So think of horsetail, like how long has horsetail been around? It's been around, you know, there's fossils of... I, I'm not going to say a number of a date right now. <laughs> many, many thousands many, of years many, ago. Many, many thousands of years. Thank you. <laughs> My partner's the date person. He's always yeah. like, back in 1997 on February 4th. But I, you know, I, actually, I don't I, have that. I, I think I, I brought this up on another podcast, but I think it's always a, a mind-blowing fact. Uh-huh. Um, the earliest found um, medicinal herb, like buried with somebody, was something like forty or 50,000 years ago. Yeah. But they were actually using it for a condition. They weren't just like randomly using herbs. Okay. So but they had that, that means that humans have at least for, you know, 
50 something thousand years have been experimenting with herbs right. in a, a medicinal and healing context. Yeah. And that's just what we found. I mean, animals, obviously they use mm-hmm. um, herbs, but back into that idea of having a deeper connection with yeah. plants. W- w- how do you develop a deeper connection with plants? <sighs> well, um, well, first, hold on, just I have to go, I have to backtrack yes, just yes. a second. <laughs> but just, I guess, part of what, I guess what that means to me, that deeper relationship is mm-hmm. moving beyond, we have to move beyond the allopathic mm-hmm. world. We have to mm-hmm. move into, hey, Calendula, how are you? Like, here's, here's my life. Tell me about your life. Like, mm-hmm. what do you know? This is what, you know, here's mm-hmm. maybe something I can tell you about. Mm-hmm. Um, Calendula knows everything that all calendulas have ever seen mm. from the beginning of calendula. And horsetail mm. knows everything that all horsetails have known. Um, you know, they say our, as humans, our DNA spirals ancestral have, we memory. have that ancestral memory. And mm. why wouldn't plants have that as well? Why mm. would minerals have that as well? Um, and so, or and everything, really, everything on the planet. I mean, I feel like the planet itself is a full, is a being, you know, mm. and then it's the microcosm that goes down to the tiniest you know, um, quantum atoms and then mm-hmm. out into beyond where we could ever, you know, are, mm. are the furthest reaches of the imagination really. And so, um, to so me, you think it's when more we're taking in plants, we're like connecting with that, like spirit. Of Absolutely. That I mean, I feel like that's the vital force of the earth. That's mm. like our connection to, like tapping back into that that's mm. that's your like root connection your you know lightning rod into into the earth and then it's it's a communication and an energy and definitely um you feel like everything is energy and that there's communication that's possible in all realms and in all ways i think that you a person could get just as much healing from sitting next to a yarrow plant for a few hours than as taking the tincture. Mm. It, but I mean, that would be a different way to do it. And that would take a lot of dedication and a lot of, you know, we currently live in a society where that's, that's like a, not going to be like, does. that's not going to be <laughs> the prescription, like yeah. go down to the, you know, I mean, actually in some cultures are starting to do that, having mm. forest time or having nature time as a, you know, prescription for health. Um, and I think we as herbalists and plant people already are like, well, yeah, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, going to the forest makes me mm-hmm. feel better or working in my garden makes me feel better. Um, but I think that's where we're going to need to go as a species. Mm. And we're going to have to get away from, you know, even like I'm using lip balm because my lips are dry, mm. but more, you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah, okay, you do, but it's more about understanding the relationship and understanding the connection and understanding that. You know, um, if we're all one, then I'm also Yarrow and Yarrow is me. And when I ingest Yarrow, Yarrow lives through me. Mm. And then Yarrow can access my vital force and can fine tune it and can, you know, move my fever out of whatever state or whatever pathway it needs to go, you know, to. Mm. Um, And there's so many herbs that are like that, that are so you can't say whether it's, you know, this is going to lower or raise your thyroid or this is going to lower like, like Hawthorne, just a heart tonic, you know, it's not really when they're doing all of their studies, it's like, well, what is it exactly doing? It's tonifying the heart. What does that mean? Is it, you know, raising or lowering blood pressure? Is it changing? You know, it's, it's doing whatever the vital force needs it to do. It's Hawthorne's going in there and saying, Hey, I'm Hawthorne. I'm, I'm friend of the heart. Like what's going on in here? And your heart's like, well, shit, I'm all messed up on this. And all, you know, and they're like, all right, well, let's go in here and tinker, you know, so, I don't, <laughs> helps me to, it's That's a, a very it, cute it, image. Thanks. Of, yeah. of I am a preschool teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think about it in terms of that and like fashion fire just goes in like oh you got problems leave yeah what's going on here let's try this oh my god look at these veins this is a terrible condition (laughs) what have you been doing you know you really should take a better better care of yourself i think the next um the next the next level i think of herbalism and really of healing and and medicine in general i think with the way this culture at least has been moving towards the individual mm-hmm. and kind of like people having all the knowledge. I think the next level of herbalism is everyone is their own physician. That's what I was just going to say. When you, as soon as you started talking, I was like, oh yeah. And that's the next thing is that, you know, like I was saying in the beginning that there's this innate trust in mm. the professionals and in the doctor. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I mean, I found that taking my kids to a pediatrician. I had a really wonderful p- pediatrician who would say, 
You know, tell me what's going on. You know your kid way better than I do. I see you a couple times a year. I see you for 10 minutes. I don't right. I don't watch your child sleep. I don't feed your child yeah. every day. I have no idea what's going yeah. on with your child. And I would say that that's in the 1% of kind of what's going on. I think it's like, oh, you have this with your lungs. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. The end. Trust me, I'm the doctor. Mm. And there's that kind of like... And I think it's it's almost become it's it's interesting because I don't know that it's ever left. If you look back in history and and kind of you know when Western herbalism went underground, when it became you know part yeah, of the honestly, witches and all of that, it's like that. I don't think we've really... ever gotten to that point of like the physician is just just there or the healer or herbalist is just there to teach somebody about their all that they can help them with about their body. But mm-hmm. everyone has to learn their own body for themselves and right. and how certain herbs and things work. Right. And I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. you know, doctors are bad or anything like that. Of course, I'm. but it's more about we have to shift from the notion that the doctor knows best mm. or only the professional knows what to do about your body. It's that we should all know what to do with our bodies. Well, we got the vital we force. We don't even need to know exactly, about our bodies. Our body too. tries to heal itself no matter what you exactly. do. Exactly. It would but, help if we knew yeah. a little bit about, like, not getting in the way of it and maybe helping right. out here and there. But, like... Really, I think more people will be served by just doing nothing, like nine times out of ten. <laughs> True. Because your body's or already trying trusting, to fix it. Trusting yeah. that. Trusting that your body can heal itself. And, you know, there's things, like we said, to help yeah. along the way or to move those pathways and clear channels. But it's not, um, yeah, the Band-Aids mm-hmm. is totally different than actually. It's just, a beautiful thing that you know, Paracelsus trusting. says. Yes, that, Paracelsus. Um, um, yeah, he's awesome. Right? I love, I love wacky guy. Paracelsus. <laughs> yeah, he was, right? <laughs> uh, he says that um, the physician doesn't heal, but nature heals. Yeah. I, that's something that I always think about. And mm-hmm. it's it's really easy and to like forget about that because, mm-hmm. you know, even when you like look up an herb and you're like, oh, this herb does this and you just like take it and you want it to like do something. But it's so hard to understand like why you have the issue like right. and what would actually help that issue really like mm-hmm. so herbs aren't always the answer mm-hmm. sometimes the answer is like going into your mind and seeing like you know mental patterns absolutely um, so it, it's it's really interesting and i think it's just to reiterate that point i think the like the healer of the future teaches people about themselves really mm-hmm. more than anything else yeah and i would say that's so they could most do it for themselves of what i feel like my training has been and mm-hmm. kind of where i feel like i'm headed with it is mm-hmm. is that very thing is just and really and even just being there to listen to someone mm-hmm. and you know when you have a two-hour intake with someone or whatever however long and you're going back into that history of when did this start and tell me about your family and tell me how you sleep. And, and you, you, you just, a person then begins to reflect on their own life and think of things and like, well, you know, when did that rash start? Hmm. Like if I really think yeah. about it it's during a breakup, and exactly. A breakup. Or it's yeah. Or f- yeah, whatever yeah. And it then was. That breakup made me, you know, do this and that yes. I was eating Cheetos. Like right. Five and then times before that, this happened or yeah. every time this happens, you know, you really and get everything people happens to in a constellation click. too. Absolutely. We, we like to look for <laughs> the one thing, as, right? <laughs> yeah. The one thing. And it's, it's yeah. just our conditioning from, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in this culture, that yeah. reductionist view, which is helpful in some degrees, but it's like looking for that one thing, like, you know, looking for that one cause, like, that one event when I was one years old that just, this is the reason I am the way I am. Cause that it all, yeah. one time, like I didn't get that hug. And ever since then, <laughs> it's just been, it's just been downhill from there. Right. Or, you know, this is that one herb that like you just use it and then that's it. You don't have cancer. You have nothing. You're healthy forever. Right. And I think it's unrealistic because so many factors play into disease mm-hmm. and so many factors play into recovering from disease yeah. that it's it, it's a silly task to even look for that one thing because right. you'll never find it. Yeah. No, you're totally right. It is definitely a constellation. I think that's the beauty of having someone begin to look at themselves in that light and mm. like, well, why are you asking me about, you know, it's like you go in for whatever, arthritis. And it's like, well, why are you asking me about my relationships? Why are you asking me how I sleep? What does this have to do with arthritis? Oh, but it has everything like, to do it with it. It has that. everything <laughs> to do with it. And so just, mm. I think that awakening is part of the next step of herbalism too. That mm. it's like, you, it, it, it has been useful to, in in some ways, we've, we've learned a lot about the body by reducing it down to, you know, 
all the various things, mm-hmm. and learning about veins and learning about arteries and learning about muscles, learning about bones, learning mm-hmm. about bone marrow and learning about the parts of the brain and learning about, you know, all the different hormones and all their things like, OK, we did that. Now we got to put it all back together because mm-hmm. the body does not if you cut off an arm, it's not going to function as an arm. You know, if you take out your pituitary gland, it's not, you know, you're not going to function. Right. So it's you have to put it all back together and remember that mm. we were born with all of it. And it's all functioning right. together and it's all a beautiful synergy mm. that's magic. I mean, it's I don't know how else to put it. How do like if you just sit and think about like how are, are your fingers moving? Like all the different things that go into just that alone is a magical orchestra of, you know, all that we are mm. put together. It's it's so. a great it's a great mystery. Yeah. I think conventional cool. medicine is <laughs> The way that it has been progressing is, let's say, symptomatic of that underlying like reductionist and like fragmentary mm-hmm. uh, viewpoint. Because if you look at the medical profession, specialization is where it's going. Like it really, is. everyone it's like is going like more and down. more specialized. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, not only do you have a cardiologist, but you have like a very particular kind of cardiologist, and it just goes deeper and deeper. And this isn't to say that there isn't, like, there's a, a lot of benefit for that. Like, if you need a heart valve fixed, like, you want the guy who's done 100 of those, obviously. Right, he spent obviously. 25 years just looking at heart valves. That's right. great. So for, like, However, that anatomical yeah. or structural issues, you want that kind of specialization because the body is so incredibly complex that, like, no one could really understand every physical part of the body. Mm-hmm. But the issue that we run into is... Um, the fact that the body is so interrelated, all the organ systems and everything are so tied together that if one organ system starts failing, everything else gets affected and it's this and that. So when you when you go to a cardiologist and you're worrying why you have some kind of heart problem, it's it's questionable whether they can really help you with it if it's not actually stemming from a really car, uh, cardiovascular cause. Like mm-hmm. maybe the heart issues are from a, another thing. Maybe a lot of them come from like your diet or a lot of them come from your constant stress that's due to trauma or something like that. Right. And like, if you go to somebody, you know, who has a hammer, like they see just nails. So they'll try to fix the thing that you're presenting them with, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that's, it's not a holistic view of what actually the whole constellation of things that leads to things. So right. really, I think it would be ideal if there was more, uh, more generalists, Mm-hmm. who had like a, a wide understanding of enough of the fields to have like a holistic picture of the body and to understand like when it was appropriate to like send somebody to this person or that person for mm-hmm. like a specialty or whether it would be better just to focus on the whole picture of the thing. Absolutely. Well, and it's like we were talking about before, if you stifled, you know, the vital force in all of these other ways, then you might end up, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, hold on. I have to cough for a second. <coughs> <coughs> gonna need some anti-coughers quick I don't usually talk this this long it's great. It's great. <coughs> excuse me um yeah so um you know if you've stifled that certain pathway your body was trying to use then maybe you've ended up down the road with this heart valve issue but like you said that wasn't where it started that's not the root mm. and so then you can fix the heart valve and maybe that'll work ish or maybe it'll work on that but you're still having these other problems yeah what what led to it or you know they can scrape the plaque out of your arteries but you know what caused the plaque to you know build up in your arteries Mm -hmm. is it you know it's a temporary solution to a much deeper problem and i think it's really key to know that i don't know if anyone really knows the deeper deepest causes of disease like at the deepest most fundamental level I mean, there's varying degrees and there's people who say, you know, like juicing will cure every illness. Sure. And there's people who say that like <laughs> essential oils will cure your cancer 100% of the time and uh-huh. how it's being like hidden by the FDA because they don't want you to cure your cancer by using lavender essential oil or something. Mm. Um, but I don't think anybody really like really knows because if they did, I, I don't even know how they would know, first of all, because yeah. it's so hard to understand how the, uh, the body works without tremendous amounts of experience with it. Because everything is so complex, like even even in terms of uh, cancer, it's like there's not even one such thing called cancer. Right. It, th- there's these growths that happen in all sorts of organ systems and they happen for all sorts of different reasons. Absolutely. So like our idea of like viewing it as cancer is actually 
part of the problem, if not most of the problem, is that we actually think that something called cancer really exists and isn't just like a convenient description of like some similar process. Obviously, there's similarities between every cancer. Sure. But but what's not similar is what causes them. Like different cancers in different areas are caused by different things. Mm -hmm. So like to, to view it in those terms instead of the, you know, finding... That's why I don't think they'll ever find a cure for cancer. No, I don't think so either. I think it's all about, it's it's not about curing cancer. It's about focusing on health. And I think that's, um, there's a great, there's a really fun book to read. Um, It's Holistic Anatomy. Mm, And do you know that book? Mm. And it was interesting because I remember when I was first, I got it from the library and kept it for like a year and then finally decided I was going to buy it. And I was looking at their reviews and a lot of them were saying like, this is, you know, terrible anatomy book and this isn't real and this is too general or this doesn't, you know, I mean, there was all these reasons why it was a terrible anatomy (laughs) book. And I was like, gosh, I remember really liking it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get it and look again. So I've been recently reading through the first few chapters and I was like, oh, this is, it was interesting to see why I felt like people who were looking for a traditional anatomy book didn't like it Mm -hmm. because the whole book is about the body being a whole system and how Mm -hmm. you can't separate the parts. You can to an extent, but you have to put them all back together again Mm -hmm. and how everything works in synergy. And one of the things that she was talking about in sort of ways that humans used to view the body and the way that our culture specifically and other similar um, ones view the body is that we're looking at the disease. How do I stop this cold? How do I fix this rash? How do I, you know, cure this cancer? Instead of looking at like, what do I, what do I do to keep my body at optimum health and looking at your body as this, you know, that it has the wisdom to do that. And it is a fortress that can keep that stuff out. If you, you know, if your body's super, for you know, one of the popular things is like acidity versus alkalinity. That mm-hmm. cancer can't survive in alkaline conditions, and you know all these different things about that. Well, okay, if that's well, cancer is just your own body, right? Exactly, cancer is your own cells. Exactly, but yeah. So, but if that if yeah. that's true, you know, if there's the alkalinity versus acidity yeah. thing, then it's like then that's not about the disease at all. It's about doing the things you need to do, right? Whatever they are. For your personal, I don't think lemon juice in the morning works for every single person under the sun because that wouldn't be taking into account everyone's energetics and all those other things, you know, that's what's hard with the like cure all Mm. things. Um, I like that idea of we need to bring it it back together. Yeah. So like first every, we viewed things in like a very holistic way and almost religious spiritual way. Then Mm. it's like the age of science where everything becomes fragmentary and you want to learn as deep about the smallest thing you could possibly learn. Mm -hmm. I think we're in the age where we need to use both those perspectives to put everything back together in a way that like actually makes sense and is actually helpful. Um, Yeah. Because it it is helpful to know because the more you know about the specific details, you're just learning about like little pieces of the whole pie, really. Mm -hmm. But it. The issue is if you never try to connect it together to the whole pie and you just like stay with the pieces. Right. And then nothing makes any sense and, you know, everything's just facts and they're just not interrelated. And the body is the most interrelated thing that exists. I mean, it's the only reason we're alive is because everything's <laughs> so linked that right. we're alive. That's the reason. Mm-hmm. If we were like fragments, if we were like separate organ systems, you know. Exactly. We, we're not. And we wouldn't be breathing or living if we were just like a heart or something. Right. But yeah. that's how we view like healing right. is like you have a problem with your heart and like let's fix that heart. But it's like the heart is in a body where everything's communicating, communicating and making up for catching slack. So like, you know, if you're if you start having heart failure, your kidney starts altering its function to like mm-hmm. catch up for that increased fluid that builds up in your body. Like right. everything is trying to adapt. Right. Well, and something else. that that makes me think of two things. Um, part of that. Part of that compartmentalizing is very up here. It's Mm. very in the brain, right? You can study the heart. You can study the kidneys. You can pull everything apart, dissect it down to ad nauseum. But but flip-flopping that the heart, this is one of the most amazing things um, in in all of my trainings and all of my um, classes that, that I really was able to delve into that I'm super thankful for is that heart perception and that the, the, um, this is a butchered quote from my teacher Mm -hmm. (laughs) at evolutionary herbalism. Um, 
Sage Popham and Whitney Popham. They're super awesome. But one of the things is to bring the heart to bring the brain back into service of the heart Mm. and that's not a new concept but it's something that they talk about a lot and that author i mentioned to you um before we started talking the um stephen harrod buner who talks Mm. about heart entrainment and um heart perception about that your heart is really your central system that's actually how Mm. humans are set up and there's tons of scientific studies you know done on this um the heart math institute Institute. they're amazing um, and I think one of the reasons they're amazing is because they have that focal point, but they also understand the energetics and understand mm-hmm. why that's so important to understand that and how most of your neurons are in your heart and how it's actually your heart that sees and assesses situations and decides if there's danger or decides what's going on or checks out the vibe of somebody else first and sends that information to your brain. We mm-hmm. think, oh, I look at you, I see you, I'm going to assess all these things and then I'm going to send that to see like what my gut says or what my heart says. But really it's the heart that's acting mm. first. And that's all, you know, through mm. the the magic as well as, you know, electromagnetics that can be measured and all of those things, you mm. know, that your heart field can go 10 feet from beyond mm. your body or five miles from beyond your body or who knows? I mean, that's what we know, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the things we don't know. We just don't have uh, yeah. probably measuring sticks that strong yet to measure how right. far and it's it really questionable goes, whether we would ever be able to measure something that might be matter. actually immaterial right yeah. we can only measure it's you know so far but um, i think effects. that's a really huge thing is that when you put the brain back in service of the heart i mean just saying that to myself many times and and, and using that as a filter to look at situations and how i view the world and how i view medicine and how i view uh you know, a relationship with whether Mm -hmm. it's a teacher, student, parent, child, you know, practitioner, patient, all those things changes everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's in direct relationship to bringing the body back into a holistic view and bringing Mm -hmm. plant medicine back into a view of not being a Band-Aid but following the vital force is that it's Mm -hmm. a heart-centered approach. And and plants are holistic too. They're a combination of synergistic compounds, not just... um, you know, there's this one compound in it that does this. And that's that's like a common approach, too, with like mm-hmm. extracts and Definitely. finding like the one thing that, that does it. And that's going along with that, uh, you know, that green allopathy idea of there's like one substance and it does the one thing and it cures the one issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's not the complete picture. I think it's, it's part of it. There's actually a saying going along with the heart that um, the mind is a terrible master but a great servant yes yes definitely and i think that you know there's with mental issues or mental unwellness there's you know something like anxiety that people Mm -hmm. in general experience in so many different ways yeah in so many parts of their body they might experience anxiety and really there's an understanding of it that it can stem from even like one, obviously different causes, but also different organ systems. Like mm-hmm. there's like a heart anxiety. There's like a liver cause anxiety. There's a lung cause anxiety. There's anxieties um, that have different causes and they really require different treatments for them in, in terms of herbalism. So that's kind of like a deeper point of really yeah. if uh, if people are into herbs and they've found some benefit is really just to dive deeper and, and see that there there is like a very well-developed science that's still progressing mm-hmm. um, that really takes all these things into account. Yeah, absolutely. That is so um, very, very I true. absolutely enjoyed having <laughs> you on. Yeah, thank um, you so much so for having me. So what, what website can fun. people find you at? Uh, at vitalforceherbs.com. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm on, uh, I have a website, have, uh, I'm not a super social media person, but I do have an Instagram. Uh, I, yeah. I can be contacted. That awesome. Way. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd love to, um, love to have you on again and we can talk more herbs. There's a bunch of things I, know, that I like, wanted to cover we that we didn't get like a chance to cover. Six more hours left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just three more hours of podcasting. I'm going to, yeah. um, <laughs> let our listeners get back to whatever they were <laughs> whatever doing. Whatever they were doing. Maybe they got to cook some food or eat or something. Yeah, or definitely. Well, I think it's, um, <laughs> I think it's, it, just one last thing about, you know, mm-hmm. where herbalism is going and, it's, it's going where it's going to go. But what I've seen is that, you know, I mean, obviously, as I'm sure you've seen too, and probably everyone who's listening, it's super popular. It's mm. everywhere. And and it, that could be our bubble that we're in here in 
Portland and in the Northwest, we have a lot of major, you know, universities and colleges that, you know, where you can study and dive deep and just living this abundant temperate rainforest, all the plant life that's here. So I think sometimes I'm like, well, maybe it's not like that everywhere. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it feels like it is. <laughs> yeah, we so, certainly you know, in, live partially in a bubble. But yeah, then but, also I saw um, a commercial that actually had some kind of like herbal supplement. And I was okay. like, this is the first time I've ever seen a commercial for this. Right. And so I, you know, I would say like my parents and family members and other places are like, oh, do you think I should try this thing? For Have this? you heard of Echinacea? Yeah, exactly. Like, yes, I've been yes, studying been, it for four been years. Heard of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I think, but I think what's great about that is that mm. I think that's plants communicating mm. with us and saying, mm. hey, check us out. And I think it's time. I think it's a good time in our human history. It's a good time with whatever you think is going on in the world right now. I mean, it, it just, wherever we're at, I think plants mm. are calling us to this point because it's necessary. And I think that humans are going to follow that because ultimately your vital force mm. and your human spirit is communicating with the earth and with those plants at all times, no mm. matter what's blocked, no matter what's congested, no matter what's covering it, no matter how stressed and busy you are, like that's, it's there. And it may be just a tiny whisper, but you know, I think it's, it, it's, it's growing and it's like, mm. okay, so you learn about echinacea or you like, okay, you have some chamomile tea and maybe that's what you do for your whole life. But that could change your life more than you ever realized it did. Mm. You know, you don't know. Or you can go down, you know, the rabbit holes we have mm. or anywhere in between. Or you might mention something to someone else that ends up changing their life. And uh, I think it's super cool. But I think the plants are onto us and they're like, Absolutely. yeah. And we're starting to get onto them. <laughs> exactly. And I think they're coming yeah, at a time when a lot of what we thought would be the answer mm-hmm. in medicine and views of the world are starting to really fail us on a very big scale. Uh-huh. Uh, like we live in times where chronic disease, all time highs. Yeah. They're saying these days one out of two people will get cancer. Right. Something like 600,000 people a year just in the United States die from heart disease. Mm-hmm. Um, something like, I think it's one out of Seven people have a diagnosable uh, mental Something illness. Something else, yep. And there's so we're we're at a we're at times where all the common solutions that we thought we found, you know, the magic cure, we mm-hmm. found the antidepressant that you know heals everything. Yeah, we I thought just we found saw the antibiotic a thing about suicide, like all time high for yeah. suicide, all time high for children's diseases. All our known mechanisms are largely yeah. failing us. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's why the interest is kind of like. Hey guys, what about us? Like, remember what you know your ancestors used Uh to do when they got (laughs) sick? Remember? Remember, Don't forget about that. They were pretty healthy. Uh huh. You know, so remember that um, dandelion in the sidewalk? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we we don't even you know a lot of people in earlier times they died from non like health related causes. They died from you know like getting bashed by a club or something (laughs) like that. So we don't really. you know, the fossil records might not show that people were living to like 150, 200 years, but maybe they were. Yeah. If they didn't die. I absolutely think that that's I mean, true. that's what they say in the Bible, that mm-hmm. people used to live for hundreds of years. And I don't think that that's ridiculous. Maybe we just have a very either. low standard for what's possible. Right. Yep. I think that's true. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. All right. There you have it. We have right. Bryn wow. Anderson with Vital Force Herbs. Thank you so Force much Herbs. for having thanks me. For, uh, really thanks for coming it. on. I love yeah. this. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks. And uh, thanks to... Uh, well, thanks everybody. That's, yeah, yeah, helped we'll me along this path. Out, my family, uh, my yeah, everybody. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, that was super fun.